The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2743. The Tribes of Tatooine is chapter 2 in the Book of Boba Fett. And on today's show, we're going to talk about the highlights of the show that you'll definitely want to focus on as we continue through the series. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So it seems I got a little ahead of myself <laughs> last week in the Stranger in a Strange Land Deeper Dive episode where we talked about the possibility of the stakes being a little bit lower for Season 1 of the Book of Boba Fett with the mayor starting to cause problems. And yeah, with the time we talked about the possibility of the mayor's bosses showing up and this isn't exactly what happened it's kind of tangentially related as it were but it is something that we talked about in the run-up to the book of Boba Fett when we were talking about the crime syndicate situation and which ones we might expect to see represented well the huts were kind of a hands-down obvious possibility and that is what came through in this episode but before we get to that I do want to spend a little time with the mayor Mach Shaiz because we get some serious mixed signals from this character so of course, at the beginning, we have the Nightwind assassin who gets dropped into the Rancor pit and conned into giving up the fact that the mayor is the one who hired him. So take that for you know, face value, okay? I mean, the assassin is trying to save his own life and obviously is just utterly wrong about the situation. And when Boba and Fennec and company go to confront the mayor over this situation, the mayor immediately has this assassin killed and says, oh, hey, thanks, the assassins of the Night Wind aren't supposed to be operating outside of hut space. Blam, and that guy's taken out. But they were very obviously operating outside of hut space. They were not trying to make a secret of their situation. So that does strike a person as strange. And it makes me think that the mayor was trying to get rid of the evidence by killing the guy for one thing. And then of course it raises the question as to what happened to the other Nightwind folks. Are they all dead after the fight with Boba and Fennec? And were they all killed in that fight? Or were there other survivors who were then killed by the mayor as well? And the other thing has to do with the twins' eventual arrival. So this is apparently something that's known because Garza Whip says, oh, haven't you heard to Boba Fett? But the hut situation, the hut claim on Mos Espa is already in play. And so it does make you wonder whether they are there, the night wind folks are there at the blessing of these two huts who arrive in the episode. And his whole bit about, I have no motive, I serve at your pleasure. Also a bunch of bunk, right? But why he would just say, go tell Garza instead of telling Boba Fett himself. Yeah, there's something definitely going on with the mayor that 
is not been fully revealed at this point. And then you throw in the mayor's, hey, uh, some advice for you. Running a family is tougher than being a bounty hunter. Go talk to Garza and you'll understand why. Which then raises the question of whether Bib Fortuna was the one in charge of Moss Espa or whether Bib Fortuna was paying his own tribute money to this mayor person. So yeah, lots more to learn about this mayor and his connections and his motives. Okay, so Garza Whip, again, as the information broker, like we talked about in our previous breakdown, saying that the twins, the quote-unquote twins, have laid a claim on Jabba's territory. So we are told that they are cousins, and there are a couple of different ways you can interpret cousin. Of course, it could be direct, it could be you know second and distantly connected, but there is at least one known hut who exists who is a first cousin of Jabba. That hut's name is Hero. And at the time of the sequel trilogy, in between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, Hero was hosting a talk show called The Hut Hour, and you could actually hear it sometimes at Black Spire Outpost. Hero is a first cousin of Jabba as the son of Zero the Hut from The Clone Wars. Yes, the one with the comedically high basic voice. But the twins are only referred to as brother and sister in this episode. And yes, I checked the audio description as well. <laughs> no additional details are given about them. But the encounter does suggest that Boba has done his homework on the huts. He thinks that they're all just embroiled in debauchery on Nalhada. And yeah, maybe that's the case because the huts are pretty well known for that sort of thing. But it does kind of tie in also to what we last heard about the hut situation, which was that they still hadn't decided who was going to be taking over the reins of hut crime syndicate territories and properties and spoils after the events of Return of the Jedi. And that's really all we get for storytelling for the present time period. And it only lasts about 13-ish eh, minutes or so. So basically, roughly around the same amount of time that we got in the first episode. And the lion's share of the episode is concerned with Boba Fett's past and continuing the story of his eh, sort of rescue, I guess. It wasn't necessarily a rescue. His capture by the Tusken Raiders, which eventually sort of became his rescue because he has earned the respect of the Tusken Raiders and is now being trained to fight as one of them. And the rest of the episode concerns itself with an action-packed train chase that has to do with the Pike Syndicate smuggling spice through the Tusken Raiders' territory and how Boba Fett helps them stop the train and keep them from killing the Tusken Raiders and shooting their banthas and whatnot, which is kind of reminiscent of the train situation from Solo, a Star Wars story as well, but still very well executed. And the whole sequence of Boba training them to ride speeder bikes is very very comical and breaks up the you know, drama and the action situation very well. And then of course you have the spirit quest situation where Boba gets a lizard crawling up his nose and presumably messing around with his brain and some kind of mist as it's described in the audio description but there's probably some sort of spice lace to it as well where he is just 
out of his mind wandering through the desert and it seemed like you know it was almost a Kaminoan kind of mixture in the visual imagery but it's not referred to like that in the audio description or anything like that it's just referred to in very generic terms and ultimately that tree he ends up tearing a piece of it off which he then drags back to the Tuscan camp and that becomes part of the gaffy stick that he creates for himself which of course he carries around and we see all the way ahead into season two of the Mandalorian when we meet him again from a timeline standpoint that is and so that's pretty much the episode and I'm gonna dive deeper into the Tuscan situation considering how much time they've dedicated to it and yes once again they use the Bactopod as the means by which they traverse back into the past and into Boba Fett's recollections. But I do want to flag the cameos because yes, it's exciting. And yes, you kind of have that moment going, ooh, ooh, ooh. So all of the speculation about that little bar where the Nikto bikers were assaulting two human beings, well, yes, it is in fact Cammy and Fixer. And they are, in case you need the refresher, two characters who did not make it into the final cut of A New Hope, but who were friends of Luke Skywalker's on Tatooine and were part of the crew that was messing around at Toshi Station where Uncle Owen was like, yeah, you can screw around with your friends later, right? Well, these are them and we actually get to see them now in Star Wars storytelling, which is fun. And the other remarkable cameo has to do with the Wookiee who shows up as the hired muscle accompanying the huts on the streets of Mos Espa. So that Wookiee is not named in the credits and in the audio description it just says the Wookiee and Boba Fett refers to this character as a gladiator. And Boba also makes a reference to the Death Pits of Dur, D-U-U-R, which is a brand new reference. That's not something that appears anywhere else in canon, at least, you know, not that Wikipedia is tracking. So putting this all together and putting the character's appearance together as well, it's seems like hands down this has to be a character called Black Kersantan who first appeared in Star Wars comics and has had a long list of appearances across different titles. He's a character that Boba Fett has met in the past in canon storytelling and is definitely a gladiator where in the comics we've seen situations where he goes into fights and specifically horrifically loves to fight against Wookiees and loves to tear the arms off of other Wookiees. And Black Kersanian has also had storytelling interactions with both Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this is a big surprise, a very welcome one, and probably not the only time that we're going to see Black Kersanian in the Book of Boba Fett. And who knows, he could end up showing up somewhere else as well. And those are the big highlights for the tribes of Tatooine to keep in mind as we move forward, particularly in terms of the current time storyline, the fact that we really don't know what the mayor's game is and where his allegiances are, whether it's just to himself or if it's to the Huts, or if it's to somebody else entirely. We know the Huts are finally staking a claim on Mos Espa, and they are certainly 
giving Boba Fett another warning that maybe he better sleep lightly, that there's trouble coming his way, which is a similar warning that he got from the mayor's majordomo at the beginning of episode one, which was fulfilled in that episode. And maybe this is what we're talking about when Fennec eventually will say this was just the first wave and it's going to be an all-out war, that the twins are going to be sending their emissaries and it's not just going to be oh, <laughs> one shot and done, that it's going to be a much longer fight for control of Mos Espa and Jabba's territory. And that's going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.